0: Well, he's basically saying the wine is good if you like it. Yeah. and if you don't like it, it's not good. right. And so it's not what other people say, it's what you think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And as soon as you embrace that concept, then it really doesn't matter. It's whatever whatever suits your fan. If you like box wine, knock yourself out. It's you're lucky because it's inexpensive.
1: You're listening to Experience This, a show about the emerging experience economy with your host, Tom Young.
0: Hey, welcome to the show. This is uh, Tom Young. I'm sitting here with Karen Bajwa in the studio.
1: Hey, Tom. How how's we it going? going?
0: All right. Hey, uh, today we're going to talk about um, one of the trips that we did while we are out in California. We were out at the IBM Think Conference, and at the tail end of the conference, we decided to go up to Napa. And again, like a lot of the things we did out there, we didn't have a plan, but we did make plans to, uh, to tour Napa when we got up there. We stayed at the Marriott in Napa, and mm-hmm. you had called the hotel to arrange for us to have a a big Suburban to take seven of us around and drive. Uh, Tell us a little bit how you set that up.
1: So I think we decided the day before that we were actually going to finalize and actually go to Napa since we had time on our side. Um, So I called the hotel, which was the Marriott Napa Valley, and basically said to to them, uh, Karina was the concierge over there, so I was like, hey, Karina, uh, there's a group of seven of us coming tomorrow. What do you guys have?
0: With, with the crew we have, the last thing we wanted to do was to be driving after because it was unclear what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so she said, you know what? There's a couple of uh, guys I know that can um, do some good tours. And so let me uh, get back to you. She got back to me in about 30 minutes and she said, Manny is going to be the guy.
0: Awesome. So Manny set us up and we had requested to do a few things but he insisted that we uh make our first stop at a place that he chose.
1: Manny was very adamant about letting him, you know, uh, show us around Napa. He's known as the mayor of Napa, so <laughs> there <you go>. uh,
0: <laughs> well, um so this is another lesson for people who are traveling is to use local guides and then yeah. at some level even if you want to go see something, you know, Allow some time for somebody, the locals, to tell you, you know, go do this. That's what they do. It was interesting on our way. So, we're going to talk about the John Anthony Winery, which is the first stop he took us to, which was probably of all the stops, probably our favorite stop. Is is that fair? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, we're driving there, and, you know, I don't know. We're. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're off the beaten path a little bit, and Manny made the point, I was like, yeah, if guides are using GPS to get where they're going, you don't want to use them.
1: Were you? Were you did you have your GPS on? Uh,
0: I, I was just looking where we were at, uh-huh. but and he made a comment about that, because yeah, yeah. he, he just said, I don't need that to go, I know where we're going, I've been here before. So we pull up to this, uh, again, we didn't know what to expect. I didn't have high or low expectations, I just wanted to be. Well, but we pull into this, uh, well, was like a church.
1: Yeah. The church vineyard. And I had been to Napa once before and there's that main highway, which has a lot of the commercial vineyards, the the bigger vineyards. Mm-hmm. And so when we started going off the beaten path on this like two lane road, I was like, oh crap. Like I hope this vineyard's actually good. So we're driving around and I'm like thinking in my head, where is he taking us? But you're right. We pulled into the church vineyard.
0: Yeah. So we it looks, it looks just like a, uh, a Dutch Reformed church in Pennsylvania. And it turns out it does look like that because that's what it is. They, the owners had uh, fell in love with this church. and they, they basically bought it, deconstructed it, shipped it to California, and built it. And then they converted it into a home, and then now it is a tasting room for their Los Caneros um, uh, vineyard. So we go in there, and uh, pretty interesting. It was beautifully laid out.
1: Yeah, really nice.
0: And uh, it was a it was a private uh, session for us. We had seven of us, and Matt, our host, uh, had the whole thing set up. It was like a big dining room. It was all laid out with the glasses and tasting sheets ready to go, waiting for us. And at that level, it was a little bit of, in- frankly, it was a little intimidating because like, oh, my God, yeah, I thought we were going to come in here and, <laughs> you know, knock back a few wines and make some jokes, but it, now it seems like a little more serious. But it was, at the same time, formal, it was informal.
1: I, f- I felt like it was quite uh, laid back in a good way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Right? It was, uh, the the place was stunning. I think they had spent uh, over $100,000 remodeling the inside of this beautiful church. Right. So it had that California vibe and architecture going on. And the dining room was actually really good because it felt like you were going to your friend's house. For you know, dinner or a glass of wine—that right. type of informal setting—with the formality of learning and
0: and Matt and Matt was um, a, a, a very comforting host in that yeah, way. He was it was really very, good. So it was pretty interesting. So let's go to our first clip. We have where you know this is really—it's a little out of sequence, but this is you and I at the on the church steps at the end of this, and that will set up, and then we'll just go through the, how the we were there for about two hours. We'll go through that. So let's go to the first clip. Uh, this is you and I on the steps talking about our experience there. Yep. So, Kieran, we're here on our first stop on our Napa Valley excursion experience here. We're at the John Anthony uh, Family of Wines Vineyard here. We're out down in the Los Caneros area of Napa Valley, and we had the uh, wine tasting at this Pennsylvania church that was transplanted here to California. What do you think about that?
1: I thought it was phenomenal. You know, I kind of went back and forth with our driver earlier today about what stop we should do first. He said, let me take you to a really cool place. And I said, well, there's a lot along the way on the the main strip. He said, trust me, you're going to love this place. And thank God we ended up here. This was a phenomenal experience.
0: We had seven of us here, and we're in a private, uh, uh, basically a private wine experience Mm -hmm. where we were able to taste, I think about, I think I counted nine nine different wines. We tasted, and we're in this old church from Pennsylvania that was converted to a home and is now one of the things they use to showcase some of their wines. They have about, it looks like, nine vineyards across Napa Valley. And uh, we tried a bunch of the reserves and some different ones, so we just we're just settling up. We bought about a case of wine here yeah. uh, on our first stop. But a very interesting place, uh, very nice uh, experience, pretty high.
1: It was amazing, and uh, he actually told us that they have two uh, wine cellars downtown, which we might check out tonight, and they've got live music, so excited to check them out, but this was a great first stop.
0: Yeah, so the I think he said it was next to the Andaz Hotel, which is part of the Hyatt Chain, mm-hmm. so we we'll may go check that out. We need a place to have dinner tonight and meet one of our client uh, opportunities there sometime tonight, so let's do that, but this, was a, this far exceeded my expectations here, and I hope the rest of the trip is pretty good. All right, so... So pretty interesting. So that was a, a good day. We didn't know how, how good this was going to be in comparison to all the things we did until you know we look back on it. But it was very, very interesting. As we were sitting in the um, the session, you know, it was a private session for us. We could ask a bunch of questions and we were there, as I said, about two hours. So there's a lot of dialogue around different things and we were able to unlike if you go to a winery and there's a you're on a tour. You can ask four or five questions, but if you go beyond that, you're annoying. But in this context, you can really ask anything and any amount of questions, and we did. So what, 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 what did you sense that as well?
1: Yeah, because of, I was thinking um, on some of the tours that you do, the group tours, you're kind of walking around mm-hmm. the vineyard, but you can—
0: And it's a sense of being canned. Yeah. It's a canned tour. I mean, it has to be. Yeah. Right. They're doing tours every 15, 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. And so you don't really get to sit down and have a conversation. You just ask about stuff that you see along that. Yeah, that's
0: it. I would say I would say it was a conversation. Yeah. Um,
1: It's definitely more of a a, a nice conversation again around the dinner table around the. So, yeah, very neat.
0: So one of the, the issues that we asked is what is it about the Napa Valley region that makes it Napa Valley, what makes it a a premier wine spot for California and actually for the rest of the world. It's one of the premier wine spots. So we we talked to him, and he gave us a little bit of a talk. We recorded some audio while we were there. And mm-hmm. so let's go to this next clip where Matt talks a little bit about the Napa region, what makes it unique, and uh, why wine is so special coming out of the Napa Valley. Sounds
1: good.
2: This is one that is dry harvested like we talked about. So no irrigation given from bud break to harvest all the way through. Um, It's along the Vaca mountain range. So the mayacamas are on one side or on the east side of the valley. Uh, The Vacas, excuse me, the mayacamas are on the west side of the valley, the Vacas are on the east. So this is our southernmost vineyard, the coolest vineyard. It's only like, you know, it's not that far from the ocean. And what ends up the San Pablo Bay, the breeze like kind of trickles along. So it keeps it cooler to where the root system, those those um, top roots, if uh you know, we just we give them no irrigation and they still seem to think everything's cool because it's a cooler climate and it's literally between Coombsville and say Calistoga, the north of valley. On the average summer day, it's about twelve degrees difference in temperature, twelve degrees cooler.
0: So anyway, very interesting that the two he talks about the two uh, mountain ranges creating this valley and the valley's uh, I would say a couple of miles wide. So it's pretty extensive when I mean, you're riding down that main highway. Yeah. And it goes from Napa all the way up to.
1: About Calistoga, I Calistoga. think. Calistoga. Top end.
0: And it's, you know, 15, 20 miles, maybe 25 miles. Yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure, but it's a, uh, a quite a large region. And when we drove up and down, we we drove a good part of it we drove as much as high, as far up as Oakville. Um, most of it is dedicated to. to to the vineyards, right? So when you look, drive up down the road, there's just wine vines. Or, <laughs> what did I say wine vines? I haven't been drinking, by the way. <laughs> but you have these vines that are out there. And I imagine it's quite stunning in the August, September when all the grapes are on there. We saw, when we were there, it was basically, it's, their vines are bare.
1: Yeah, but, start of the season, right?
0: What, what was interesting also, he talks about, you know, we talk about, you know, when you look at the vines, they, they talk about stressing the plant.
1: Yeah, I I remember that.
0: So you want to stress you want to stress the vine to to have it struggle to make the grape. I thought that was an interesting concept.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they want these grapes to be bur- almost ready to burst.
0: Yeah, in in a way it reminded me of uh, bonsai trees. Mm. Right? Where you, where the the growth is restricted in such a way to create these small miniature trees. In this case, the the vine shoots are uh clipped back and you have a basically most of the vines are in a T formation. It comes mm-hmm. up from the ground and then it uh, about two or three feet, maybe maybe three and a half feet, and then and then they extend out laterally onto the the vine racks. Wow! And uh, it's quite it, actually it's quite interesting. I, I would really like to go back in the August September time frame when they harvest. Yeah. And because then you get to see the grapes on the vines and see how the whole operation works. We saw videos of it when we were when we were out there, but it was pretty interesting. But it was interesting talking to Matt about their whole operation, right? Because the church gives off a persona when we were there of a small operation. British. But they have, I think, nine locations around the Napa Valley, and they they make quite a bit of wine. There's not a small winery. It's just not as well known as a Robert Mondavi.
1: Yeah, and they've got uh, some tasting rooms In downtown Napa. So, um, and we actually didn't see a bunch of the tasting rooms, but when we did, when we traveled over to Sonoma, you saw that a bit more. The concept of, you know, being able to experience the wine and have a conversation about it, but not necessarily be in the vineyard. So they've got that set up as well. If you're, if you happen to be in downtown Napa.
0: It seems like my impression was that the tasting rooms in Napa were co-located with the, the vineyards. Yes. Where in Sonoma... The, the tasting rooms were concentrated in, in the mm. square in Sonoma, and not necessarily next to the vineyard. Yeah,
1: yeah, very and true.
0: So, one lends itself to a nice pub crawl, and <laughs> yeah. the other one does not. <laughs> so, but they're they're both good. I, I you know I, when I look back at it, I I like that 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 campy feeling or the beatnik feeling of Sonoma. Yeah. While we were doing that, but both are very good if you're especially if you're into wine. Mm-hmm. But we talked about. You know, because we were, I think he had a tasting sheet in front of us. Correct. And he was pouring a bunch of wines. So when you when you get these drawings, it's not like you're drinking seven or eight glasses of wine. They're, they're small pours. They're like about an ounce. So maybe four or five of these equals a, a glass I, of wine. Yeah. Um, but we've had maybe about nine samples of different wines. And frankly, I'm not a big wine guy. I mean, I like wine as much as the next person, but... And I can taste the difference between you know good stuff and bad, but at, after five or six, it's like well, <laughs> it all, you it know, all you could starts be, to taste. It uh... could be ripple, and I'll be like, "This is great." <laughs> um, but we tried to do the best we could to do it, and what was interesting is he he um, he talked very openly about because it's intimidating for people when you get the the wine snobs that are out there who say oh, you have to do it this way or that way and cleanse your palate and yeah. swirl it around spit it out and close your eyes. All these different techniques. And he's basically dispelled that myth.
1: Which I thought was really good. So this is what I actually liked. It, it felt like... Uh, he had taken the pretentiousness that's sometimes associated with wine yeah. out of the equation. And I even joked around with him. And, you know, so I was like, what's the deal with swirling and, uh, you know, the notes of oak and et cetera. <laughs> and so and he was like a really good sport
0: yeah. about,
1: you know, about that. So it was good. It was very relaxed.
0: Well, he's basically saying the wine is good if you like it. Yeah. And if you don't like it, it's not good. Right. And so it's not what other people say. It's what you think. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you embrace that concept, then it really doesn't matter. It's whatever whatever suits your fan. If you like box wine, knock yourself out. It's you're lucky because it's inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, if you like Screaming Eagle, uh, you know you better have a good job because it's thirty five hundred dollars a bottle.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, anyway, so I again, Matt was great. He was very disarming, uh, helped us out, and very informative. You know, I, I learned a lot. Yeah, because it was a conversation and not a cantor.
1: We definitely even learned a lot about their the reserve wines that were on that sheet.
0: Yeah, he, he, they. What was interesting to me also was their business model, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of these reserve wines are not sold uh, in the store. Sometimes they are, but a lot of times they're sold to their members. Yeah. So you can join and be a member of the of the the John Anthony Winery, and most of the wineries offer membership, and they and they pull out you know, maybe the top 2%, 3% of uh, a vintage and pull that aside as a reserve. And he talks, we asked about how they do that, right? Because there's a there's a whole sampling process and you have to have people who really can distinguish the, the base vintage to the, the reserves. And we tasted a few of the reserves, but we asked him about that in our next clip. He talks a bit, little bit about how the process they go through to, come up with those reserve wines so here listen to this
2: we're going to finish off here i've got some 2012 reserve so the reserve a lot of people have certain plots of land they say hey this is where our all our best grapes are what we do with the reserve we literally pick out the four best barrels every year and that's what the reserve so you're literally about a
0: little uh, a little bit
2: about how you discern
0: uh, the the regular part of the vintage versus those best barrels how does that
2: well we have we have two phenomenal winemakers in uh jeff Candarian and michael abernathy uh jeff a lot of uh uh, time up in willamette valley is a phenomenal pinot uh maker but across the board all all varietals if you will and then michael abernathy he was with mondavi uh, went to uc davis um so we have two winemakers who are phenomenal to begin with we have john who you know he grew up with the vines and stuff his dad is a legendary winemaker john is great with the wine we have two vice presidents we have jeff whitman and we have dallas brennan so between the five of them they literally figure out and taste and that's what you usually do is you taste by committee to figure out what the best barrels are so they're
0: sampling each barrel
2: they're sampling each barrel it's a rough life but yes they're sampling yeah. each barrel
0: so uh and is there a lot of uh
2: differentiation like say if, uh in a in a batch how many going to be uh, 100 barrels um no i mean it, it just it varies like if I will do a breakdown because it varies year to year, but like I was telling you, our average uh, production case-wise is 4,200 on average a year. Um, Each barrel is 25 cases. So I mean, if you want to do the math, there's quite a few, like uh, the 2016 Napa Valley, uh, I think we did 1,500 cases of it, something like that. Mm -hmm. So if you break it down into how many barrels there actually are, what would that be, like 40 for 1,000? So there'd be 60 barrels if there's 1,500 cases. So when you so, pull out the top four of that reserve, that's that could be uh, 5%, um, 10 it's, it's not going to be. No, yeah. it's going to be lower than that. But what yeah. it ends up being is like, you know, like you have barrels of wine um, coming from all different areas. So you see we have like nine different vineyards yeah. on the map. So not all of them are producing Cabernet, but quite a few of them are. And they are centered around the Oak Knoll district predominantly. So you are getting a lot of Cabernet coming out of Oak Knoll. Usually a, a large portion of the reserve is coming out of a... Out of the Knoll district, but we're basically leaving it open to interpretation. We we literally want the best, the best going into the reserve every year, and then it has the most expen- uh, extensive barrel aging, if you will, at 30 months. So when we're saying the reserve, you know, we're not hoping that it's going to be the best. You know, like you know this track of land, right, right. um, where cer- certain wineries are, like you know this is where our best grapes always come from, and right. it goes year to year. It's literally like whatever going to produce the best of the best. We are going to. Go and they're going to taste it, and they're going to figure out which are the best, and, and it's going to be by committee, and, and that's how it's going to get down to the reserve.
0: So that was very, very interesting. I can imagine if you're on that committee of five people who are trying to taste that. I was struggling to <laughs> keep up with when we're on our ninth glass of wine uh, to distinguish that. But you really have to have a, a discerning palate to taste, you know, yeah. thirty or forty barrels
1: uh and one note on that too it was cool when we went over to robert mondavi yeah. um, and we saw the tour there that the barrels that were inside were actually storing the reserve wine mm-hmm. so you can see that the reserve wines uh, special care goes into keeping an eye on them
0: yeah and when when they put them in an oak barrel uh these barrels are uh are not inexpensive no so you get these uh, french oak um uh, Handmade yeah barrels that are uh, very interesting, but they're they're probably between one and two thousand dollars each.
1: Yeah, they're very pricey. Yeah, I think we did the math on the merchandise in that room, and it, it was, was something else. Yeah. right?
0: So, uh, so anyway, we're we're there, we're enjoying this, and was interesting. I would say the revelation came to me maybe about halfway through this event that this winery, uh, the John Anthony Winery, actually makes one of the the leading Chardonnays in the country.
1: Butter Chardonnay.
0: Yeah. Now, I don't drink white wines th- that often, uh, but I didn't. I never. I'd not heard of it. But, I, you know, they, he said they sold, was it a million cases? A
1: million cases.
0: That's some, That's a lot of wine.
1: Yeah. I, so I think it, there's a clip coming up or, around this, but I'm pretty sure it's either the, the the leading or the second leading Chardonnay in North America. But we can double check that. And I think he talks about that in the clip.
0: Yeah, but that's so, and they also um, with that butter, I uh, think butter Chardonnay. Yeah, they they have a uh, a bus, uh, the butter bus, and they sponsor this music festival in Napa called Bottle Rock. Yeah, and it's in the early summer, l- late spring, and it's coming up, and it's a it's not a small music festival. It's uh, got a lot of headliners there, and they might get about fifty thousand people, which. You look around Napa, you're like, where are these people staying?
1: I, I know. what well, That was one of my questions to him. You know, Can, can Napa absorb 60,000 people coming into this festival? And and he said, yeah, it's actually no problem. I can imagine all those Airbnbs are probably sold out.
0: All the locals uh, go down to San Francisco for the weekend and rent their houses out on yeah. Airbnb.
1: Yeah, and some great acts. I think uh, we saw the sign when we were driving— up that uh, main highway there in Napa, but uh, like Mumford & Sons were headlining, so they've got some pulling in some big names.
0: Yeah, so th- that looks like a lot of fun. He th- And he talks about how they promote their wine there, and they're, they're one of the big sponsors of this. So, um, again, that was, as the conversation evolved, you're like, okay, we, we, we walk into this church, <laughs> we think, oh my God, we're in a family thing, this is gonna be, we're gonna be drinking Grandma's Hooch. And it turns out that this, is just one aspect of the winery that uh they have it's a big much bigger operation so yeah uh, let's go to this next clip and he talks a little bit about their butter <laughs> chardonnay and the music festival that they sponsor
2: so we have the butter balls and stuff we throw out there for like the butter chardonnay and then my next door neighbor dave actually he was here right before you guys got here he drives uh he drives the butter bus so we bought a we bought one of the, Keith Jackson, the country star, we bought his old tour bus, we painted a bright yellow, banana yellow, it says butter on it. We, he drives around, he, we do all this stuff with iHeartRadio and like with uh, um, Southern Wine and Spirits, but we do like football games, so he'll show up to the Michigan, Michigan State football game, People are like, what's butter? And then all the buses, all the balls start coming out, the beach balls. <laughs> and people drinking butter and like, ooh, well, I mean, it's just phenomenal wow. advertising. But this is a... Uh, and you say you sold a, a, a million bottles? We sold a million cases. A million cases. We're number two in the, in North wow. America for over $12 price point. Wow. We're one of the top moving, five moving beverages moving in, in uh, as far as alcohol beverages moving um, in the country right now.
0: Wow. So that's interesting. So... We're doing some work with a, another music festival organizer and talking to him about that. And I'd be very interested. It's interesting how things come together. You know, we're, we're talking to a music festival and then we're out there and then <laughs> yeah. we get exposed to this music festival. So uh, we're learning a lot about that. And we did a show recently on the Fire Festival. So it's pretty interesting how these things festivals. come in threes. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so it was very good. So we ended up buying uh, a good bit of wine. I think we bought about. Um, $1000 worth of wine had it shipped out here
1: and I think you you became a a, a member of I the did. wine club
0: so we could buy so we could buy some of yes. some of the reserves I think so I don't I don't know exactly what we got um I'd had nine glasses of wine up to that point <laughs> so uh
1: I think we have a lot of bottles of wine headed our way
0: I, I'm, we're gonna have to have uh, Wendy track down where it's at. So w- when the wine gets here, we'll put it in the wine uh, cooler here. Yeah. And then we'll have a nice party this spring when we can do it outside. Awesome. So maybe we'll do our own little music festival here at <laughs> Rumjog headquarters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be fun. But I look f- I look forward to getting that. It was a it was a great stop and. That's really good. Uh, these are the kind of experiences that can only be had if you are open to the possibilities of being surprised.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because if we planned this, we wouldn't have planned it. Is Not that fair? Very fair. So w- again, this goes back, we talked about Manny at the very beginning. And um, Manny it w- it was, a, it was a great pick for us because he got along well with us. He had a nice big car if we could jam in there. Uh, and he took us around. He was very flexible. He asserted himself when he needed to, and uh, we have this final clip with you interviewing Manny, who is a real character, and you can see it from the video when you watch this and listen to his voice. He's uh, really passionate about what he does. He loves it. And I I would encourage people to reach out to Manny. We'll put his contact information in our show notes so you can reach out to him if you happen to be out in that area. Yep. But he is a a great addition to uh, our trip that day and he laid this out for us. But again, you can't experience these kind of things that we thought was great, probably the highlight of our day, but you can only do this if you're open to the possibilities. So let's go to this last clip where you're interviewing Manny outside the church.
1: So we're here at John Anthony Vineyards. It was a great first stop on our tour, highly recommended by Manny. So Manny, earlier today when we were communicating, you recommended you know what you said you know what just trust me on this tour and i said oh well there's a lot of places along that busy highway and you said no 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 just let me lead the way how did you know about this place
2: well this is what we do uh, to all of our guests we like to take them to the small boutique wineries where you're going to be the only one at the time you're going to try some great one-of-a-kind killing wines that only many can take you there (laughs) now when i tell you next time please let me show you what we have in the agenda for you is because we know best.
1: You did. You definitely do know best. And actually, inside, we heard that Manny should run for mayor. So it seems <laughs> like Manny has a lot of history in this fair area. You've been living here for a long time.
2: I have. I have. This is my uh, 22nd year in the Valley, and I'm not going to run for mayor. I'm going to be the president. <laughs> so, but for me.
0: <laughs> All right, that was great. So you can see he's a, he's a real character. And uh
1: Manny's man manny's a hoot.
0: <laughs> you call him the uh the, the you say the mayor.
1: Uh, the mayor, and you saw he he's yeah. like, Don't call me the mayor, I'm going for president. There you go.
0: That's right. So uh anyway, so it was a great day. Again, we we end up spending the rest of the day uh up and down Napa. And yeah. I look I enjoyed it I enjoyed everything, but I would say this was the highlight of the trip.
1: Most definitely. Yeah. I, I think I would advise uh folks that are coming into town uh definitely get yourself squared away with manny and you can uh there's a lot of vineyards to cover um and you could do it the entire day we probably did about five hour five to between five and six hours it was a good amount of time so you can actually spend some time at each of the vineyards um but it's a place you got to drive it's not like you can just walk from vineyard to vineyard it's pretty sprawling and spread out there
0: yeah my sense is unless you're it, it's not like a, a pub crawl.
1: No, it's not.
0: So, to me, a, a little bit less is more here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I were, to, if I, looking back on what we did, I would do this, maybe uh, Mandavi, which is a, a really at the other end of the spectrum. They you, you can see because it's one of the largest yeah. uh, corporate vineyards there, and and, it's, and and their tour was very well done, by the mm-hmm. way. And then maybe one other. Yeah, thre- three. And mix it up a little bit. Pick one you like. You know, we tried to get into Prisoner and Cake Bread. We couldn't get in. Right. But just, you know, uh, in fact, use your tour guide, but mix it up a little bit. When you go to a a private session like this, uh, it's a a little bit more of a commitment than walking through the main main wineries where you're just a member on on a large tour. But to me, the less is more... And th- by the time you get to the fourth or fifth place, is a diminishing return on the value. And you probably don't, won't appreciate it as much as you do your first or second stop. Yeah. So, yep. Do it again?
1: Oh, 100%.
0: Yeah. And then we have another show that we did. We talked about our next day, and uh, we recorded on the outside of Napa, <laughs> outside of the Bouchon Bakery. And then we we took a drive over to, to Sonoma the Sonoma the next day. Mm, the, that
1: was a nice drive.
0: Nice drive and a little bit of contrast to to Napa, but also very good. Yep. So, any other parting comments?
1: No, it was a great time. Looking uh,
0: forward to drinking that John Anthony wine at the end. Definitely. We'll do that. We'll do that in a in a couple months. Yes. Okay, great. All right, thanks everybody. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to the show, Karen. I think you were supposed to say that.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'll take it from here.
0: All right. Well, we got to do the. This is the new Outcast.
1: Oh, the, al- outro, the outro,
0: the outro. I think outcast is a new word. Okay. All right, outro. We're doing a new outro. We got to cover a few things. All right. One is what? Subscription.
1: Do you subscribe to? We want people
0: to subscribe to this, not just listen to it occasionally.
1: Okay, yeah. Check the us out. The second
0: thing is nothing's better than what? A, a five star rating.
1: Always five stars. You gotta give
0: us the five stars because we get better search outcomes. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is comments. We need those. Yeah, we need we, your feedback. We want to know what people are thinking so you can check us out the best way to do it if you're not sure some people don't know how to do it go to our website you can check it out we'll have a full set of instructions uh so whatever app you're using most people use what do you use uh, i use spotify you do yeah so we have spotify we have itunes uh youtube there's a whole bunch of, if, whatever you use we have it. And if, and if we don't have it let us know and we'll try to figure out how to get it
1: we can send you a paper-based instruction
0: <laughs> actually actually we do have paper-based instructions even though that's a fun inside joke to our team. So anyway, yep. thanks for listening and check us out uh, in our next shows.
1: Thanks. See ya.